Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. All right, well, hey, good morning. We're excited you're here and uh, just pumped for, for what's going on as we are in uh, week four and uh, really the conclusion of this series entitled Jonah and excited for what's to come in September. If you saw again, Caleb talked about the third service and uh, I'll just say this. We had a practice service last night and it was awesome. It was just incredible of really what God's doing and what he's going to do through this third service. So I would say if, if you can't make it on Sunday mornings, this Saturday night, is for you and my Facebook Live people. If you can't make it on Sunday mornings, this Saturday night service is for you. Again, we've been growing over the past five years and it's been cool to see. So our whole goal is to, to make more space again in the sanctuary, but also in the kids' rooms. If you uh, saw last Sunday, there was kids piled on top of kids. Um, we're trying to figure out how our single level can go to two levels because, you know, that's what we, we're just stack kids on top of each other. That's what we're doing. So, uh, but we have been growing, and God's just doing some amazing things, and it's awesome that you guys are all a part of this as well, and we just want to thank you for that. And uh, we are, though, we're jumping in today. We're jumping into the, the fourth part of this series, and Jonah. And Jonah is, uh, there's four chapters, so today we're jumping into Jonah chapter four. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me. And again, if you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the Version Bible app. It's an actual Bible that you can put right on your phone. So that you can take the Bible with you wherever you go. You have some downtime. Why not fill it with reading the Bible? Why not fill it with God's Word, right? So download the YouVersion Bible app, and that way you can read every single day. But again, Jonah, Jonah is in the Old Testament, and it's known as one of the minor prophets. And if you remember from this series, we've learned that the, the Old Testament is actually uh, broken down into five different categories. You've got the Law, or the uh, Pentateuch, or the Torah, which really, they're the first five books. They're the first five books of the Bible, and it's really the, the rules and regulations that God gave to, to the Israelites, to the Hebrew people, to, to live their life. And then you have the historical books, which is exactly what it sounds like. They're books of history showing the context of what's going on during these time periods and, and during the time period of the Bible. Then you have the poetic and the wisdom writings, which are really just incredible to study and really apply to every area of life, whether parenting, whether business, whether teaching, any area of life, there's some incredible stuff in there. And then you have the major and the minor prophets. And the difference between the major and minor prophets isn't necessarily the importance of the prophets, isn't necessarily the importance of the, the words and the literature there, but it's the amount of literature in it. So the major prophets, there's actually just, there's more to it, right? There, there's more chapters. Whereas the minor prophets, and again, Jonah is a minor prophet, there's less to it. So Jonah is four chapters, which made it real nice for a sermon series. And that's what we're doing today. We're jumping into chapter four of Jonah as we conclude this. But let's just do a quick recap before we jump in. If you weren't with us, this will kind of help you get back up to speed. Or if you were with us, this is kind of just a great reminder of what God's doing through Jonah and what we've learned for ourselves as well. Again, in Jonah chapter one, we saw that God was, or God was calling Jonah to something. He's calling Jonah to, to go preach against the Ninevites, and not just to destroy them, but actually to save them. And we see that Jonah, Jonah was fine with preaching against the Ninevites. In fact, he didn't like the Ninevites, so he was good with preaching against them. But when it came to the salvation of them, this is where he kind of he pushed back a little bit. And we learned that how we respond to the call makes a difference. For Jonah, his response was to get in the boat and to go 2,500 miles the opposite direction. 
And if you go the opposite direction, what we learned is when you go the opposite direction of what God calls us to, we're going to come into some tension. We're going we're gonna to experience some problems. For Jonah, he experienced a storm. A storm that was so bad that he eventually had to be thrown overboard of the ship that he was on. And then, while he's thrown overboard, he gets swallowed by this giant fish that he's in for three days and three nights. Which leads to Jonah chapter 2. And if you remember Jonah chapter 2, here's Jonah. He's in the belly of this fish, which is a, a gross, dark place. Probably like the lowest of the lows of his life. And then Jonah begins to pray. And we learn, obviously, oftentimes, our darkest moments... Our hardest moments, our biggest struggles are those that push us to prayer. Those those that, that push us to, to go back to God. And we learn that prayer, prayer is not just a thermometer of our obedience, but it's the thermostat. It's not just a gauge of our obedience. It's not just a, a gauge of our spiritual life, but it's a thermostat. It's something that can regulate it. It's something that can activate our spiritual life as well. And then last week, chapter 3, really is like the, the best chapter of all Jonah, is where Jonah is actually a hero. It's where the moment where Jonah actually obeys. Again, his prayer life pushed him to obedience. And if you remember last week, he actually obeyed, went to preach to Nineveh, and God did exactly what he said he did. He saved Nineveh, right? So it was an incredible, an incredible message. And Gary Fowler brought some incredible stuff to us. And we learned that your second chance is given to you, but it may be for others. In fact, your second chance may be somebody else's only chance. And we see Jonah live this out. Right? So he went and he warned Nineveh. They repented. God saved him. It was an amazing, and it should have been the end of the story if you think about it. Like That's the fairy tale ending. That's the storybook ending. That's the story that, that we can wrap up, and it's nice, and put a bow on it and say, this is all happy, happy, right? But there's chapter 4. We're here today, and we're talking about chapter 4. And what's funny about chapter 4 is that we see Jonah show up again. We see the real Jonah show up again. Now, if you remember, we talked about how Jonah wasn't necessarily the, the poster child for obedience. In fact, he was often known as the, the reluctant prophet. And in chapter 4, we see this again. We see that the struggle for obedience is real. And again, this is what we want to walk away with from this whole series, is that obedience is rarely comfortable but it's always necessary. Obedience is rarely comfortable, but it's always necessary. The truth is obedience is a struggle. It's a struggle for all of us. And it was a struggle for biblical heroes as well. This is why we have chapter four of Jonah, because it's real. It's something that's hard to do. But God's blessings come from his obedience. Again, God gives his grace. He gives his mercy. He gives his love. He gives that freely to us through Jesus, through the fact that Jesus lived a perfect life, died on a cross, and was risen again. But his blessing is directly tied to, his to our obedience. When we walk in step with him, we walk in his blessings. And I think too many times we walk away from his blessings because of the struggle of obedience. Too many times I think we leave something on the table, right? We sell ourselves short because obedience isn't comfortable. Because obedience is hard. It's a struggle. Too many times we're a lot like Jonah. Too many times we revert to our old selves just like Jonah did in chapter 4. So let's check this out. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 says this. It says, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and he became angry. Now again, this is right on the heels of Jonah preaching to Nineveh, Nineveh being saved by God. And to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and Jonah became angry. Here's Jonah showing up again. 
Right? If you remember, again, Jonah, he didn't want God to save Nineveh. He wanted God to destroy Nineveh. Nineveh was really one of his enemies, right? So Jonah's upset, and he's reverting right back to his own self. It seemed very wrong. Now, as we jump into chapter 4, we look at Jonah, and I'm like, dude, this guy is unstable. Right? He's just like a roller coaster that where if you're following him, tracking with him, you're like, wow, dude, like I'm exhausted just reading about you, let alone if you're actually living this out. Like Jonah's up, he's down, he's hot, he's cold. Yes, he's living out a Katy Perry song, right? This is, this is what Jonah is, right? He's, it's exhausting. And if you're anything like me, you're probably thinking like, come on, Jonah, just get over yourself. But what Jonah was doing, he was stuck in his own mind. He thought his way was better than God's. He thought he was right. And the truth is, I think we fall into that category as well. Many times I think we get in that same situation. Let me just ask you here. How many of you like to be right? Anybody? Yep, we got, we've got some. We like to be right. Now, how many of you, when you're right, you like to let somebody else know that you're right? Right? You get, you get that I, I told you so moment. You get that? Now, listen, if it's not you, we're, we're, we're so grateful that you're so holy here and that that's not you. But we know that you know somebody that likes to be right too as well, right? We all kind of fall into that. And we've probably been there before. And here's the hard part though. That actually shows our maturity level, right? That, that's an indicator of our maturity level. I mean, I look at my kids right now and I'm so thankful that school started, right? Like I was, the, I was summertime. Listen, we try to save on childcare, so my wife's job's a little bit flexible. We're flexible, so we would take one. I, would, I always take Fridays off, so Fridays were my day with a kid. So I, I take Fridays off now without kids, and it's glorious, right? But uh, I take Fridays off, and then I would take Mondays, and I would do that more of a, an in-house office day, do more administrative stuff. I didn't have to be too creative. I can kind of like watch the kids by neglect, like just yell at them every 20 minutes. Hey, you're live? Yeah, we're good. But oftentimes what I would hear, I would hear the two fighting against each other. Right, continuing, just arguing and arguing, arguing back and forth. And think about it, what's an argument? An argument stems from the fact that one person believes they're right and the other person believes they're right, and they're, that their rights are two opposite things, right? So all summer long, I hear this between my six and my eight-year-old, fighting constantly because they both think they're right. Again, it shows us our level of maturity, and we see the level of Jonah's maturity as well. He was arguing to just be right, and he wasn't worried about the relationship. I think the same thing is true in our lives. Many times in our lives, in our spiritual lives, we get caught up on what we just think is right, that we often overlook some of the more important things. We overlook our our own obedience. We overlook our, our own responsibilities. We even overlook our own relationship with God. So here's what I want us to walk away with. Here's what I want us to understand today. It's better to be in right relationship than to just be right. Always with God, it's better to be in right relationship than just be right. And this actually goes over into other relationships as well. Most of the time in our relationships with other people, it's better to be in right relationship than to just be right. But always with God. And with God, a right relationship stems from obedience. It's better to be obedient than right. It's better to be righteous than right. And the only way we're made righteous is through our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's through the fact that that we are connected to him who died on a cross, lived a perfect life because he was the only one righteous. And because he died and was risen again, God sees us through him. It's better to be righteous than right. And understand this. 
Being right is not always the most important thing. In fact, a lot of times it's not even the best thing. I mean, sticking to your guns isn't what's always going to move you to the next level. Because sometimes we may just be wrong. Sometimes we may be a little bit like Jonah, where not backing down can actually hurt you. Again, it's an indicator of our maturity level. It's an indicator of what really matters in our life. It's an indicator of our own level of selfishness. It's better to be in right relationship than to just be right. And here's the real danger. When we don't understand this truth, when we don't understand this concept, really we're blinded by our own arrogance. Really, we have, the, we have a misconception of, of reality, and we begin to argue almost, almost incoherently. I mean, think about it. How many of you have ever been around by somebody that like, was proven wrong, but they didn't back down? Right? Like They're going at it regardless. Like They are right. They're going to fight to the death, even though you can prove on paper that they're wrong. Right? This past week, again, school started on Wednesday. So Tuesday night, my, my son and daughter, we're getting them ready for school. They're all excited, right? And... uh we're getting them ready, getting them prepped, kind of getting their mindset ready. Like Griffin's been ready for a while because, well, all his friends don't live in our neighborhood, so he's like ready to go back and hang out with his friends and his buddies, right? But Berkeley, her two friends live on our street, so she's like, ah, I can go without school. I got my friends right here. But Griffin was so pumped and so ready that he had somehow in his mind that the bus was picking him up at 726. The bus comes at 826. We had the paperwork for it, 826. My wife, Sarah, told him 826. My daughter, who knows every rule like the back of her hand because she's a rule follower, knows that it's 826. I'm telling him it's 826. We have all this registered for him, and Griffin's like, no, it's 726. I've got to get out there. I don't want to sleep over. I don't want to oversleep. I'm going to have to wake up early and get there at 726. So obviously, we woke him up early and put him out and said, wait outside for an hour, kid, you're good. <laughs> no, we obviously didn't do that, but... But it's a ridiculous argument. And really, if you look at it, this is what Jonah's doing. Again, in verse 2, it continues on. It says, this is Jonah. He says, he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Here's Jonah, and he's throwing this temper tantrum. He's pouting, and he's pouting all based on something that he was completely being illogical about, right? He was completely, had this misconception about. He was trying to tell God, I told you so, with something that God had already told him. He was trying to say that he was right with an argument that actually proved that he was wrong. He's completely irrational. And listen, if we just have a desire to be right, we fall into the same category. We fall into this irrational, illogical, senseless category. And here's the real danger. The real danger is the fact that we miss out on who God is. We miss out on who God is not only for ourselves, but for others. Right? We miss out on sharing who God is. Again, if you look at it, Jonah, Jonah knew that God was gracious. Jonah knew that God was compassionate, that he was, that he was slow to anger, that he was abounding in love. But he didn't know the extent to, who, to how big God is and how much his love extended. Right? His desire just to be right, to write to be right caused him to miss out on the fact that God's grace, compassion, mercy, and love wasn't just for him, but it was for all, and that it was actually unlimited. And the truth is, when we just want to be right, we miss out on the same thing. Right? It's easy, I think, for some of us to, to get on a tangent, to, to get on a soapbox of, of what we think's right. We're, we're missing our true purpose. 
we're missing out on what God's truly called us to do. Again, if we're calling ourselves a Christians, we're all called to be in right relationship with Him. We're called to get to heaven through that relationship and take as many people with us as we can. And if we just want to be right, we're going to miss out on that relationship. When we just want to be right, we forget the extent of God's grace and mercy. And we waste our second chance. We forget this. And I think many times when we forget this, we often become plagued by anger. We become captivated by, by jealousy towards others. So much so that we become concerned about other sin more than even our own. And we neglect our own issues. We forget that God and what God has done for us. If you look at a Jonah, Jonah was more concerned about the Ninevites. That he forgets himself, that he himself was a sinner. He forgets that he himself just fled 2,500 miles. He forgets the fact that he was thrown overboard in the middle of a storm, but saved by God's grace. Listen, for some of us, we need to realize that God's grace goes beyond just us. Listen, you don't have the right to be bitter against somebody that did something to you. You don't have the right to be bitter against somebody that you disagree with. You have the right to get better through Christ, through surrendering your rights to Him. And when you do this, it's so freeing because it puts you in right relationship. And when we just strive to be right, we have a complete misunderstanding of who God really is. And it causes us to react irrationally. And it also causes us to over-exaggerate our problems. Like, if you look at Jonah again here, jumps in in verse 3. Check this out. Jonah over-exaggerated his problems. He says, Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. Reading that like, wait, what? Like, Jonah, let's calm down a little bit. Like, let's slow the train down. But here's Jonah, and he takes the pendulum, and he just swings it as far as he can over the other side. Like, God, you know what? You might as well kill me if you're not going to kill the Ninevites. Here's Jonah being a complete drama queen. He's being, he's being a big little baby. And the truth is, it took everything I had today to not just make that my main point. Like, I was trying to get creative here to give you something away, but I really just want to say, quit being a little baby like Jonah, right? Because this is what he's doing, right? He's being a little baby, and if you look at it, he's playing the role of a martyr. He's playing the role of a victim. And his problems are over-exaggerated. And the same happens to us as well. Understand this, when you strive to only be right, your problems will always be exaggerated. When you strive to, to always be right, and you discard the relationship, you will always feel like the victim. Again, this works in our relationship with God, yes. And I think sometimes we feel like the victim in our relationship with God. We've probably been there before. Like, God, how do you extend that grace and mercy to that person over there? I've come to church every day of my life since I was born. My parents drag me every single day, even in snowstorms, God. And yet you still extend grace to these people over here. We're playing the role of the victim. Because we think we're, it's better to be right and in a right relationship. So think about it. In your relationship with God, are you trying to just be right or to be in right relationship? Again, this works with others' relationships as well. Think about it in your marriage. For some of us, our problems in our marriage, they're over-exaggerated because we're just trying to be right. For some of us, we feel like the victim in our marriage because we're just trying to be right. Think about it with your kids. Right? For some of us, we're playing the victim. We're playing the martyr. Like, I do everything for my kids. Man, they just run all over me, right? We're playing the martyr. 
Well, what are we doing? Are we trying to be right or are we trying to be in right relationship? Think about our workplace. So we don't agree with the policy or procedure at work. Are we just trying to be right about it? Listen, your process may be better. Are you just trying to be right? Are you trying to be in the right relationship with it? If you're just trying to be right, you're going to feel like the victim at your workplace. That problem is going to be over-exaggerated in your workplace, and you're going to feel like you're losing. This is where we find ourselves, and this is where Jonah found himself as well. And when Jonah was here, and then God asked him this question, I think he's going to ask us the same question as well. Verse 4 says, but the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Let's just let that simmer and sit a little bit. Is it right for you to be angry? What God's doing is trying to give some perspective to Jonah. And the truth is, maybe you're in here today, and maybe, maybe your perspective is just a little bit off. Maybe this is a tough question. Maybe this is a question you actually need to wrestle with a little bit. Is it right for you to be angry? What if, what if the things that you're so worried about, what if the things that you're so preoccupied with, what if the things that, that stress you out so much, what if there's things that, that keep you up at night? What if you didn't even need to worry about them? What if it isn't right for you to be angry about those things? Imagine if we gained perspective and saw the truth that God is bigger than the problems in our marriage. Right? What if we knew that, that we saw the truth that God has more grace to give us, but not only us, but to our spouse as well? Right? What if we saw the truth that God has more mercy to give to us and to our kids? That God has more love to, to give to both us and our coworkers, even our bosses, right? What if we don't need to lose sleep over those items? Think about it. Is it right for you to be angry? God wants you to have some perspective. God wants you to have some perspective. He's trying to give Jonah some perspective as well. I'm going to look at Jonah's response here in verse 5. Verse 5 says, Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So you can kind of make this as you will. Here's Jonah. He's either going on a timeout where God sent him on a timeout, or he's going up to the hill to pout. And pretty much, he really is going up to the hill to pout because he's going up there looking like, okay, God, what are you going to do to the city? I, you, I'm going to give you a second chance, God. You can still deter, destroy it, right? So this is kind of Jonah's mindset. And he goes out there. And then while he's out there and he's pondering on this question or pouting about this question, I think God kind of just messes with him a little bit. So verse 6, it continues on. It says, Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his comfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. So this is all nice and well, right? Here's God, and he provides him some shade. And here's what I know about us. We all can get excited about God when good things happen, right? We can all be like, yeah, this is awesome. God provided me. I got a bonus at work today, right? That cop that I was speeding by, I, he didn't even pull out when I was driving. Man, God is so good, right? We, we can praise God when, when there's good things and when God shows us that he's the provider. But verse 7 continues on. It says, but at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. Here's God. Part of me thinks that he's messing with Jonah, but the truth is what he's doing, he's showing that he's the provider. He's the one that can give, but he's also the one that can take away. What God is doing, he's showing Jonah who's in control. He's showing Jonah who is the one that's really right. Who's the one that can provide and take away. Verse 8 continues, it says, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. 
So here's Jonah, and he shows up again. All right, here's God basically giving those challenging questions, sending them to this timeout, showing Jonah who's in real control. But even through all this, Jonah still manages to whine. He still manages to cry. Yeah, sure, he was sunburned. Sure, he was probably a little bit dehydrated. But once again, he over-exaggerates the problem. He over-dramatizes it and thinks it'd be better just to be dead. So then God, again, asked the same question. Verse 9, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plan? Is it right for you to be angry? And here's where Jonah's maturity level really shows. Jonah says this, it is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. Jonah is proving the point that he could care less about his relationship with God. Here's Jonah, and at this point, he's completely irrational. His problems are exaggerated, and he has this complete lack of perspective. So God comes in, once again, trying to give him perspective. Verses 10, 11 says, But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. And then God dropped the mic and walked off. Right? Like that's the end of Jonah. That's the last we hear from Jonah. And that's how Jonah, the, the minor prophet, that's how it ends. Listen, I'm telling you, last week would have been such a better ending. But this is real. Right? The Bible is real, and it shows that obedience is a real struggle unless we have the right perspective. So the book of Jonah ends with God putting things into perspective. But the fact that his grace and his mercy extend beyond just ourselves. Listen, we need to understand this. It's annoying to see people abuse the grace of God. Right? We've seen it, but it's not for us to get annoyed. Because the truth is we've all abused the grace of God. No matter who you are, you've abused it. Because that grace costs God everything. It cost him his son. It cost the cross. And all because God wanted a relationship with us. So understand, it's better to be in right relationship than to just be right. See, we can be right and still be miserable. If you look at Jonah, Jonah actually had some valid points with the Ninevites. Right? They were messed up. They weren't God's chosen people at that time. Jonah had some valid points, but he was still miserable. He was still sulking. He was still angry. He was still depressed because he wasn't in right relationship. It's better to be in right relationship than just be right. So how do we do this? How do we focus on the relationship instead of just trying to prove ourselves and prove our own value, prove our own worth? Usually I give you just a couple application points of things to do. So today what I'm going to do, is, and I usually give you some type of action. Today I'm going to give you just two inaction steps, right? So today you're like, I don't have to do anything, right? I'm going to give you two big don'ts to not do. Number one is this. Don't concern yourself with things you do not tend. Don't concern yourself with things that you don't tend to. Another way to say this is uh, to stay in your lane. Right? Keep your nose out of places it shouldn't be. Mind your business. Right? These are pretty blunt, but the truth is, if we follow these, these will keep us out of trouble. These will save us some heartache. Listen, the truth is, there's some things that we just don't have to worry about. There's some things that we aren't responsible for. There's some things that we don't look after. There's some things that, that we're not tending to, so therefore, we shouldn't concern ourselves with them. Again, if you look at Jonah and what God said in verse 10, 
It says, but the Lord said, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it. Listen, Jonah had nothing to do with the plant or the health of it. Right? Jonah didn't watch after it. He didn't protect it. He didn't water it. He didn't feed it. He didn't nurture it. He didn't do anything for it, yet he was still concerned about it. And his concern led to his anger. His concern led to his frustration. All that over something he didn't even tend to. And for some of us, we're here today and we're frustrated. We're angry about certain things. But we're angry and frustrated about certain things that we're concerned about that we shouldn't be concerned about. Because we placed ourselves in and portions of, of other people's lives that we had no business placing ourselves in. Because of that, we, some of us, we have, we have broken relationships. Because of that, some of us, there's a, there's a tension in our relationship. Right? So maybe you're here today, maybe, maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe it's even with God. Maybe you're, you're holding on, there's something, you're angry about something that, that God did. Maybe where God extended some grace. Maybe where God took something away. Let me ask you. Did you tend to it? Do you need to be concerned about it? For some of us, maybe we come here and we have a broken relationship with our, with our kids, or maybe there's some tension with our spouse. Listen, are you overstepping your bounds? As our kids grow older, the less, less control we have. We need to realize that, right? We need to understand that. There's a certain level of, of trust that a marriage has to have to work. We need to understand that. And we need to operate that as well. Listen, there's some things that maybe you're offended by that you need to let God deal with instead of digging and doing it yourself. There's some people who maybe you don't agree with that you need to let God deal with instead of placing yourself in those situations. Listen, let God convict instead of you condemn. It'll work out better every single time. See, what God does, what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit and God can cause a permanent change. Whereas if it's implemented by us, it's only going to be temporary. So let God be God. Think about it. Is your problem only your problem because you made it your problem? Don't concern yourself with things you do not tend to. Number two, your second don't is don't concern yourself with things you do not make grow. Listen, there's only so much that we can do. There's only so much that we are actually responsible for. And outside of those things, we need to let them be outside of those. We need to let it be outside of our lives, right? We can't be concerned about the things that we don't make grow. Again, God told Jonah, he says, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. God's telling Jonah, he's like, you're wasting your time and your energy on this because you're too concerned about just being right. Listen, in our lives, there's some things that we're probably wasting our time and our energy. There's some things that we have no control of. There's some places in our life where we need to relax and let God just be God. So I think that for many of us, I think it's easy to, to push ourselves too far and to push others too far because we think that we're responsible for growth in our life. And listen, what happens when we deal with others? When we think that we're responsible for somebody else's growth, we begin to push and push and push, and pretty soon it turns into judgment. Pretty soon we become like the Pharisees and we end up being oppressive. We end up being burdensome for other believers. And understand this, there's a difference between being there for someone's growth and forcing someone's growth. And understand we are not responsible for growth. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and 7. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God 
who makes things grow. Growth is not our responsibility. Only God does it. We need to remember this. Right? We need to remember this when we, when we push on with others. But we also, we also need to remember this with ourselves as well. In our own personal lives, there's some times where we just need to let God help us and to push us further. Right? We need to realize that God makes us grow. That's one of my favorite things to do as your pastor is to pray for you throughout the week. And one of the greatest ways that I get to pray and connect with you is through the connection cards. Again, this is why we say that after every service. Pull out your connection card. Fill this out. We love to pray with you. It's a way that we can connect with you. And each week I, I go over these. It's a way to see where you're journeying if God's asking you to do something, right? So if you even, a lot of times if you put your phone number on there, I might shoot you just a, a quick text message to, to encourage you. Well, last week our, our very own, uh, first impressions director, Julie Foster, filled one of these connection cards out, and she often does. And then, and the portion that says, God is asking me to, she often puts to be more like Jesus. Awesome. I'm like, that's a, that's a great thing. I'm glad God's asked me that. So I'm like, cool. So I decide, I'm like, hey, I'm going to send a text message out just to encourage to say, hey, I'm praying for you. Praying for you to be more like Jesus. And her response back was incredible. She had this revelation really from God. She said this. She said, I keep begging God to be more like him. And he keeps telling me, just spend more time with him. Right? For some of us, I think we're concerning ourselves with so much growing with so much becoming, with so much fixing, with so much changing, whatever it is, we spend so much time trying to do that that we're missing out just being with Him. We're missing out on being with our Heavenly Father. We're missing out on being with our Creator. We're missing out on being with our Maker. We're missing out on being with our Savior. And listen about it. If we just be with Him, He's the one that can do the work. If He's our Creator, guess what? He can grow us. If he's our maker, he's the one that can fix us in the first place, right? If he's our savior, he's the one that can change us. And it's his responsibility. We're responsible for the relationship. He's responsible for the growth. So let me ask you. Are there some areas in your life that you need to step back and water and plant instead of trying to grow? Are there some areas in your life where you need to, to feed and nurture in that relationship with them, instead of trying to develop and progress it, instead of trying to force something that you can't force in the first place. Listen, this week, I want to challenge you to evaluate. Evaluate those areas in your life. Evaluate those areas that cause frustration. Listen, we all have something, that that hot-button issue that makes us angry. This week, I want to challenge you maybe, maybe to write those down and then look at it. Ask yourself, is it something that you tend to? Is it an area where you're forcing growth. Is it right for you to be angry? It's better to be in right relationship than to just be right. So don't concern yourself with things you don't tend to. Don't concern yourself with things you do not make grow. Jesus really sums this up the best in Matthew chapter 6 verses 33 through 34 and a sermon that's known as the Sermon on the Mount where he says this. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek his righteousness instead of just trying to be right. And when you do, what will happen is you experience God's grace and you'll be able to give it out as well. If you would, pull out the connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe you're here today. And maybe you walked in and 
Maybe you've just been trying to be right. Maybe you've been trying to get yourself right before you start a relationship with God. Understand it's about the relationship first. If you're here today and you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus, or maybe you did but you walked away, listen, I want to give you an opportunity to experience His grace and His mercy. What can you do on the, on the back of that connection card? There's a place that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. If that's you, I want you to checkmark that box. I want you to checkmark that box and believe that God loved you so much that He gave His Son for you before you were right. All because He wants a relationship with you. And He can make you righteous through Him. If that's you, checkmark that box. Maybe you're here today and maybe God's asking you. Maybe God's asking you to to stay in your own lane. Maybe there's some things that you've been digging into and there's some broken relationships or maybe there's some areas where you're even frustrated with God because you're concerned with things you don't tend to. Whatever that is, write that down and then begin to change that. Maybe for you, maybe there's some things that you've been trying to force growth in. You've been stepping on God's toes a little bit and it's time to step back and let God be God. Whatever that is, write that down and begin to live that out. There's also a place for prayer request again where we would love to partner with you in prayer. If you would, take this moment to fill out that connection card. Again, it's our way to track with you. It's our way to journey with you. It's our way to pray with you. Take this moment to fill that out and then also to fill out any ties or offering. And then Daryl will be up in just a moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information. And let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.